Hi everyone, and welcome to That Cartoon Podcast. My name is Kyle. And I'm Teej. Hey guys, how are y'all doing? It's uh, nice to have you all here. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having us. We you. Uh, so you've been in contact with our lovely producer, Francisca. Um, also happens to be my wife. She, she's a lovely person. Uh Richard didn't get the memo, I guess, about no phone calls. I've got, it's my friend. <laughs> Wait, is that a landline? Yeah, you guys might know him. Uh, Spam Risk. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he called me every day. Uh. <laughs> Always about my, my uh, warranty. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we, we're really happy you guys could be here. I like just the creators of part of our childhood all in one room. Um, or I guess the Zoom room, but. Yeah. Uh, what, what is it, what does it feel like for you guys to all be back together? Does, uh, do you, do you get together very often with each other? Well, Keith, Mike, and I do. So we see each other a lot. Yeah. Yeah. We have ongoing projects together. Oh, fantastic. So you've yeah. stayed working together throughout yeah. the years. Yeah. yeah. Mitch and I used to see each other quite a bit prior to the pandemic. Um, yeah. And uh, we, Mitch and I collaborated on a, on a Disney short, for the Disney short, that, that, <laughs> that was great until it got in their hands. <laughs> what? Can you believe that? That's Disney did something. Disney? Who knew? <laughs> I know that Richard and I spent two years on it to hear no. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what they would really, what they would do over and over again is they would say, uh, "Well, we want to bring in some new writers." I'm like, okay. And then we would spend a week with new writers, and then they would go, "You know, we're just going to use your script that you guys came up with." Oh, okay. Then we would bring music in, and they would say, well, we like that music, but we'd like to use our guy. And then we'd come back and say, you know what, we're just going to go with the music you have. And it was just, every, yeah. we acquiesced to every single demand, uh-huh. right? including the title, which mm-hmm. was, it was originally called Little Man Dan and His Big Fat Hand. And it was animated with that opening credit, Little Man Dan and His Big Fat Hand. And... Then some exec got it in their head that that sounded perverse. <laughs> I can see that. So Mitch said, how about Little Man Dan with a big fat hand? They go, yes, yes, that, that's the one. Like, that's not more perverse, but... That, yeah, that sounds worse. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Well, hey, guys. Uh, I'm Fran. I am the producer of that cartoon podcast. I don't know if you can hear me or see me. Cause yes, my we hear Hello. Hi, everybody. Uh, we're so excited to have you all here. Um, I'm going to introduce myself and you guys and then my team, and then I'm going to have to jump out because I'm actually on set right now. I work as a producer on film. So um, I'm just taking a little bit of, of my time here to obviously get to see you and get to celebrate this occasion. Um, like I said, we're so excited and grateful that you all took the time to be here. Uh, my special award, thank you award, is to Mike 
she has been beyond kind and generous and amazing with his time. So thank you so much, Mike. Oh, yeah, no, no worries. I, I, there's a few invites out there, so people might pop in and we'll see what happens. But. Perfect. Yeah, so as of now, I'm just going to go by the order of the screen. We have RP3 Corian. I know you were um, the storyboard. He, is this storyboard supervisor or, or what? No, I wish. <laughs> I was just the janitor of the storyboard, but clean up. Very important. Storyboard revision. Yeah. Um, obviously, we have Keith Kagzorek, the writer. I mean, there's not a lot of introduction needed. We all know uh, who you are. <laughs> uh, anyone, who's, anyone who's been to a post office has seen my picture up on the wall. <laughs> We've never been to a post office, but we watch Angry Beavers. <laughs> We're millennials. We don't send email. <laughs> I knew I knew you from somewhere. Every day. Exactly. <laughs> uh, obviously, Richard Horvitz is here. I'm so excited. Uh, he's the voice of Diet. And then we have Mike. Mike was a character design supervisor. Is that correct? Yeah. Awesome. And then last but not least, we have Mitch Shower, the amazing creator of our show. I traced everything. I just traced <laughs> Some other guy did the work. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for, for being here. We are so honored. Um, obviously, this has been an adventure for us after um, we started actually getting serious with our podcast and seeing how much dragging it has, it has had. Uh, it's been amazing and having, um, you know, you guys here and people like Mike that are willing to, to collaborate, uh, it's really giving us a lot of motivation. So we're so happy that you're all here. Um, let me introduce my team. So I have Kyle Frazier. He is the creator of our podcast. He also happens to be my husband. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have Tish here. He's our co-host. Um, the three of us, we are the Cartoon Podcast, so I'm on the production side, as you can tell. Uh, and then Kyle and Tish are on the story side and kind of like the research. And I'll just help them with all the logistics and pretty much make the show awesome. <laughs> I stay humble, though. I stay humble. <laughs> Fran and Kyle do all the work. I'm just there to look nice. That's all women do. Exactly. That's all women do. <laughs> so, yeah, guys. I carried the whole show. <laughs> <laughs> right. What did you carry it to? Because we like it back. <laughs> <laughs> we want it back, too. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to leave you guys here with Kyle and Tej. Um, I hope you guys have fun. Feel free to reconnect. I know it's been a long time since you guys have all been together, even in this online platform. So, yeah, thank you so much for being here. Good luck, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Fran. Okay, so first heavy-hitting question that we have here, and this is a big one. Um, why beavers? That's a good question, right? Well, uh, I was working at a company called Gunther Wall, and uh, Lee Gunther, one of the bosses, came to me and said, we have a window to pitch to Nickelodeon, 
so come up with three concepts, and we'll, we'll take them over there. Which beavers, obviously, was one of them. But the, the idea of the angry beavers came from, there were, there were a lot of Care Bear kind of shows on, Strawberry Shortcake and everything else. So, like, I don't want to do a happy show. And so I, I just started thinking about animals, went down the list of animals, like, and got the beavers, like, beavers don't do anything. So it was just kind of a, putting together the opposite of what was on the air at the time with an animal that doesn't do what the show says they do. And that's how angry beavers. There they are. <laughs> those are the, those are the, the first drawings, right, Mitch? The, the, uh, pretty close. The first drawing, we did a pilot called Snowball. Oh, that's and the, I think the two beavers, uh, Norbert didn't have the long hair, as I recall. Do you remember, Richard? Uh, I don't think he did. I think you're right. I think that, that's, show it again, Keith. That hair got longer on yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's a, I think that's a later one, isn't it, Mitch? Yeah, that's later. A little bit later. And then yeah. Mary, Mary Harrington is actually the one that came up with the idea of making them brothers which was a great idea because then they were stuck with each other. You know, if they're just best friends, they could break up and go their separate ways. So making them brothers, they were, they had it lived. So that was a good idea. Yeah, and that's, a, that's a whole relationship you get to explore, I feel like, too. Well, I think that Mitch told me a story one time that Mary, Mary said to him, which was very astute, was that she came to him and said, um, it's great that they're doing all these crazy things like hurtling towards the sun and flunking and all that but what is it that brings them brings us back week after week and I think it was Mitch that said they're brothers that's what brings them back right Mitch that's what yep. brings us back to the, the story is that and to this day I'll be at conventions and without a doubt people that come and get you know um, Angry Beaver signatures are always like, oh, my God, that was my sister and me, or that was my brother and me. I was Norbert, or I was Dagan, and my dad loved the show. My dad loved the show. And yeah. I think that I think that's what we set out to do, and I think Mitch did a good job of accomplishing that. Now, the show was never made for kids. It was made for family. Uh, and uh, and it, it comes from growing up where my grandfather would come up and visit me on Saturday mornings and sit there on the fireplace hearth and watch cartoons with me and just laugh and bug funny and laugh at that. And it just resonated with me that cartoons should be for fans. Not, they can be for just kids, preschool and things, but there's nothing better than a family enjoying the show together. Mm -hmm. yeah. Different de different <laughs> definition to family-friendly. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's something that's sort of lacking now. Well, another thing with the the relationship between Norbert and Dag was, for the writers, it gave us just all of these stories that we could mine from our own past. I remember there was a story, um, I think it was Long Tall Daggy, where Daggett is finally taller than Norbert, and that came from one of the writers, Vic Wilson's relationship. He was his older brother, and suddenly one day in the teens, his younger brothers became taller than him. And I think it traumatized Vic a little, but he, he was willing to share that. No, but you know, it's just, you can find those kind of stories, and that we mind that for a lot of what we were doing is just that you could go into your past and you know think about things that happened with your siblings, and then you know put 
put a beaver's twist on it. And based on Keith and uh, the writer's scripts, then you have Richard and Nick, who who developed a relationship in the booth that was was very brotherly like, and they would teach each other and give each other a hard time. And they they hated really each other, which was great. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like the Sunshine Boys. <laughs> like the Sunshine Boys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Why remember, you that day, remember that day you shot Nick? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Never forget it. I spent well, 20 years for that day. But it, in your defense, <laughs> Nick said not in the face. That's and true. And I was, I thought that was very brotherly of me to not shoot him in the face. Right. Yeah. 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 It was, yeah. It was See, we got along. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got to ask, so what, what happened there? What was that story of him getting not shot in the face? <laughs> well, that was... <laughs> Uh, Nick and I got along famously. I mean, we, you know, we weren't, I mean, I love Nick, we're, but we're not, we weren't social. Like, I, 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 was friend, I was friendly with Mitch and Keith and everybody. We hung out <laughs> together. But, you know, Nick Lessam was working on another show at the time, and so he was kind of juggling three schedules at once. And for a while, I got really irritated because um, we would have a, a, a session scheduled, and Nick would have some other job come up, and so we had to keep canceling the sessions and canceling the sessions. And, you know, for a guy who makes his living on voiceover sessions, you don't get paid if you don't do the sessions. So after a while, uh, Mitch said, you know what, we'll pay you even if we don't do the session. And he, and they did, and it was very kind of him. We ended up doing the sessions. Nick did show up, but but – our chemistry together when, when the mic was rolling, when the tape was rolling, um, was, was great. We, we, uh, we got along famously, and we began to, like, know what the other person was going to say, and uh, we could improv up a storm for hours. For hours we could. Yeah. Hey, this is here. Artie! Hey, Artie. What's that? He's connecting still. We have Arnie here who is connecting. He was another janitor. <laughs> He's also muted, unfortunately. You, you, you're muted, Arnie. You're muted, Arnie. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Do a voiceover for him. There he is. All right. Oh, there we go. Arnie! Hey, Arnie. Hey. Are <laughs> 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 you grandpa now, you guys? Who be? Who be? Oh, yeah. Congratulations. Any minute now. Wow. Any minute now. He's in the hospital. Yeah. And he's just 35. Jeez. Yeah. Thank you. Arnie had Arnie had empathetic water breaking just now. It is. All right, I gotta go. <laughs> How's everybody? Good. 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 All right. Good. Nice. Nice to meet you, Arnie. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. Thank you. Thank I'm, you for hosting. Of course, uh, my name's Kyle, and uh, along with my co-host here, Tiege. Um Yeah, we really appreciate you being here. Well, thank you. 
Mitch, I have okay. another art. I have another art quiz. Okay. <laughs> up, up, up all night. Is that a whole night? Well, I don't know, but I, is, is this the work of, of uh, young Cliff Voorhees? Oh, Cliff. Uh, Cliffy. Uh, uh, I have all these kind of sketches of layouts, and I remember when the sh- when you guys were designing the show, you had this sort of mandate that sort of, I don't know, curvolinear, that there would be no sort of straight-on perspective. And some, and you said that to, you said that to uh, I just remember you having that discussion a little bit with Cliff with Cliffy and uh and 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 he didn't like blink. I mean you know, he just got okay fine, we'll do that. Yeah. I'll do that. Yeah, he did these in the rare moments of sobriety. <laughs> <laughs> well that that I just remember his thing I, I would say, Cliff, where are you going? And say outside for a well deserved cigarette. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, but it's just like so these are, I think these were cliffs, or yeah. obviously Xeroxes of stuff that Cliff did. Yeah, Cliff is awesome. Incredible. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. In my yeah. very first job at uh, Filmation, they put me in uh, an office with Cliff. That's the first time I'd ever met Cliff. Uh, he was a wonderful man and uh, became a great friend for a long time. But uh, I, he was sitting at an animation desk, but he was drawing Chippendale comics. He wasn't working on the show. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is my kind of business. I like being in this <laughs> So he did comic book pages, and then he'd draw a little bit on the show, and he'd do something else. But he was a great book. Yeah, Cliff Voorhees, yeah. 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 What was the, what was the uh, the lunch place he like he'd like us all to go to? Oh, Chubby. No, wasn't it the the Cali Ran? The German. Oh, wasn't the Cali Ran? Yeah, I think it was. I think it was the Cali Ran. Cali Ran. I was thinking of down the street at Film Roman. He liked to go to POV, which had been Alfonso's, and he liked Finwicks and the Money Tree, so anything that had bar in it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but that was the great thing about uh, Phil Roman is that uh, he really liked the artists, and he, he generally enjoyed when the artists would go to lunch and, and drink liquor. So Phil would go along every once in a while, uh, and I believe uh, Cliff's drink of choice was Rusty Nails. And I believe that, that, that Cliff was the original Don Draper. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so, so we'd have lunch. That's a war? Everybody'd be laughing, have a great time. We'd go back to the studio, and then Phil would come in with a big smile and say, uh, "You better drive to home." Okay, so I drive it home, get him on his couch, come back to work. But <laughs> so, well, what a great artist! He was just so good. I believe you had to do that with the entire crew of Angry Beavers most days. Yeah, it became that way. I saw every one of us home and put us on our couch. On Fridays, we had those. Uh, Four o'clock, five o'clock martini, uh, end of the week, uh, little relaxations in one of the offices. Yeah, yeah Tom, you used to be used to uh, host that. Yeah. Oh, Tom, you used to have those five minute birthday, five minute parties, yeah? Five minute yeah. parties. Yeah, I used to crash it. I was always invited. Why I was never invited. Aw, Barney. 
<laughs> That's all right. And while you were all drinking, I stole all the candy out of Mitch's office. Because Mitch had floors full of candy. So Kyle and Tish shows Tom Yasumi with Plandies. And the, the last Wednesday of every month at 3 o'clock, he would plan these elaborate parties that were five minutes long. So they would have a theme to it. So it would be like an English tea party or a dance party. We had an Armenian party, and I was in charge of that one. And he would invite only a select few from the studio. So only like 50 people could go into his 8x8 by eight by eight office. Yeah. And we'd have to be outside waiting at 3 o'clock, and he'd open the door, we'd all go in, and this big timer would, still, would start pounding down. And if, like, for the Armenian party, I sang the national anthem, we had Armenian food, we had Armenian music, we danced. And then as soon as that five minutes were up, this loud buzzer would go off, and he would start cussing at all of us, get the F out, get the F out, and he would just... <laughs> Push us yeah. all out the door and close the door. And yeah. then we would thank you cards with pictures and everything. And he added videotapes. And it changed our whole month. Like, for me, I would look so forward to those five minutes of just <laughs> joy. And then the other thing he would do is um, he would hide in the closet and... <laughs> As we were walking by, he would open the closet door and just bring you inside the closet, and he'd give you a set of words. And he'd say, okay, karaoke, sing. And you'd have to sing, like, I don't know, an ACDC song or something like that. And he'd record you on a karaoke machine, and he'd just say, thank you very much, and then he'd kick you out. And then he made me, like, a best of RPCB of all my karaoke songs. <laughs> it was amazing. How many was the timer, yeah? What? Yeah, he was a... And then he was, didn't he become a director on Spongebob? I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And then the I Dolomite so. movies he did. Yeah. Remember the Dolomite? It was like a fever dream. Yep. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Richard, I wanted to ask you about the Lumberjack Delight recording. Do you remember the Timborama additional thing you added in there? Was it you or Nick that added... It's a Timborama, and the, the lumberjacks were attacking. Yeah, <clears throat> I don't remember. I might have been, I might have been Nick, I, but I remember it. Yeah, yeah I, so I think it. Yeah, it was it's a Timborama. Yeah, and then somebody added, "It's on, fuckers," and then that got <laughs> oh, well, then that may have, that may have been me. <laughs> yeah, that may have been me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. New York was like, "What the Those, hell are you guys doing?" What is Yimtope? Well, first of all, it stands for You Must Be Thinking of Another Podcast. And second of all, it's those unhinged conversations you have with your best friends. We talk about whether it's okay to not wash your legs in the shower. We wonder what variety of apples would make the best names for racehorses. We talk about our real-life problems. And we argue about basically everything else. So come to Yimtope if you crave movie reviews, how to fame some society's problems, or just the company of friends. We'll see you there every Every Monday. Monday. Hey there, that cartoon podcast fans. 
It's Andrew and Brandon from Namely 90s. If you're enjoying how season two of that cartoon podcast is diving back in the 90s kid era of cartoons and are yearning for a little more nostalgia from the 90s, you should join us for season two of Namely 90s starting in January. We are a nostalgia-based humor podcast hosted by two childhood best friends, and after two and a half years of diving through every month in the 90s, we're starting an exciting all-new format with two new episode styles. One will be a variety show with discussion, debates, and games, and more covering a variety of 90s topics, while the other will be a focused deep dive on a specific subject for an episode. We're switching out the formats every week, so come and experience the all-new Namely 90s on your platform of choice at namely90s.com slash listen. Now back to Kyle and Teej. We have a lot about We have a whole other show we were doing that if that ever got animated, it would be big. It would be big. <laughs> the, uh, the audio recordings are awesome. Um, we'd get the uh, cassettes after each record, after it was edited, yeah. And that based on that, we'd either draw characters or storyboards or whatnot, you know. He'd meet with, with Mitch first, and then, you know, he'd talk to us about what what he was looking for, and then and then we'd go back and listen to all these tapes, and, yeah, if you were lucky, you got one of those... Uh, those yeah, those ones that could be career-ending. One of those career-ending audio. <laughs> right, right. But the thing about the recordings with Richard is uh, Richard that goes through phases. Oh my God! I was just about to say. Yeah. Just, just he, he went through a he went through a Bob Hope phase. And he, he, went Matt Wild. A, he went through Jack Lemon. <laughs> put my name on that board, and it's me, David Norbert. Yeah. <laughs> it was Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Yes, it was my Glenn he Gary, Glenn Ross. Specific to like one role. Like, oh yeah. yeah. Well, I was just going to talk about that because. I think one of the things that um, that bonded Mitch and I together right from the get-go was that my submission of Daggett was an early Lil Costello. And both Mitch and I were huge Avon and Costello fans. And Mitch picked up immediately that I was doing uh, Lil Costello. We're beavers, Norbert. I can't believe it. Our own parents kicked us out of the, out of the dance. And, it was, and, and then eventually that became Time Daily. You listen to me, uh, Christine. I am a New York cop, which eventually became Nathan Lane. And so I would go through these phases where I'd be Bob Hope for a while, Jack Levin for a while. And then one of the producers, Mike Lesser, who I think suffered me uh, very, very slightly, finally said to Mitch, is he ever going to do Daggett again? <laughs> 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 but you know the, the great thing about the, the voice actors, uh, especially Richard and Nick, is they uh, they were so in tune that um, they would go off. You would have the script in front of you, and of course he's sitting there with me. We're listening to the record, and they might go off on a tangent, but they always came right back. <laughs> they never went somewhere in the weeds, and you had to get them back. They they always knew to come back. We all, like they're little beavers. We all came back. Then occasionally, occasionally we would have to say, all right, time to make children's television. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and actually bring it back to PG, or at we least were, 13. We were really lucky because it seemed like we, we probably didn't have the studio booked for that long, but we... Never felt I never felt rushed in our record ever. I felt like we took our time. We 
you know, and we had fun. And, uh, you know, I've said this many times in interviews that I've been very lucky to work with someone like Mitch who understands that I'm an improviser by nature. So he never, like, tried to rein Nick and I in. You know, we would go off and he'd say, okay, let's do one as written and then do then do what you want. Yeah. And, and that made for just, like, a very uh, – those were the best recording sessions. And then, Richard, how did you – how did you come up with the the woo and all that stuff? Is, uh, is so that that was from Mitch in particular because it was based on a, an executive <laughs> from New York that <laughs> I think will remain nameless. <laughs> but but the story was, if I'm wrong, Mitch, correct me. This executive who would make decisions when Mitch would say something, she would go. <laughs> <laughs> I think she likes something in this. <laughs> so that's how that came about, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember we just started doing the show, we booked the show, and we were about, uh, I don't know, six ten, and an executive from Nickelodeon and then said, uh, we should have, uh, don't you think Nick, Nick says these weird words, he says it's so strange to me. Uh, does that work? Shouldn't we go back and record it and they can just say the words normally? So I went to the, the big boss who was there, Albie. Remember Albie? Oh, yeah. He came in and said, they they want to change the voices, and I think the voices sound great. They, they, they had lids and everything, and the way they say words, they're very catchy. And uh, he yeah. goes, he just, he waved me off and goes, we'll see at the end of the season. <laughs> Nothing ever no, no, especially Norbert, which is always like, pay attention, Gaga, Gaga, Waga. Yeah. That's how brothers are. Yeah, that's right. The the best note we ever got was, I think it was on a script or it might have been on a recording, I forget, but the best note was one of the creative executives said, I don't think a beaver would say that. <laughs> and, and we had to kind of go like, uh, Beavers don't talk. <laughs> I, I can't imagine a beaver saying this. That's right. Reframe. Exactly. Well, remember the bowling show where they uh, uh, they all of a sudden they had a rule that they all they all of a sudden they had the rule we couldn't say shut up on the show. And so uh, the first thing was hush up, and that didn't sound quite right. So I said, well, just bleep it. So they bleeped it. And that's where all the rumors started of what he was really saying. He, he wasn't swearing at all. We just yeah. leaped, you know. And, and, the, and the thing that was so hypocritical about that was that Angelica on the Rugrats was saying, shut up, you little babies, all the time. But, nope, because of Keith, we got in trouble. <laughs> Didn't they call them stupid afterwards anyway, even even with the oh, yeah. version? We said stupid in the same episode. We said stupid, but he couldn't say shut up. Well, now, where did where did spoot come from? Spooty. I'll just say it's the contribution of the late, great Vic Wilson and leave it at that. Yeah. Because... Okay. To, yeah. go, to go any further <laughs> would ruin it. <laughs> yeah. It's a mystery, but that was a, it was a term that Vic brought to it. 
who, by the way, also was the voice of Bing. Yeah. Who was a really fun character, and, uh, you know, he, he brought a lot to it, because he, he was a, a groundling, and, uh, and he came to mm-hmm. us by way of that kind of improv comedy, and so he was good in the studio, too, when you put him in on a voice or something like that, but also yeah. he wrote some pretty funny stuff, so... Well, Keith, you guys, all of you, uh, came, the writers team, you all kind of came from improv and live action kind of comedy, right? Improv, live action, and French prison. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the postcard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We, we used to call Vic Papillon. He's but, gay, too. <laughs> and Dara Blaney, you don't want to. Yeah. yeah, no, but we all kind of came in, yeah, from other... From, from other worlds than animation. So, I, my only previous animation experience was I wrote a, a Beavis and Butthead episode that MTV refused to animate. And uh, they said, no. So they didn't get into the new one. But that was it. So, yeah, no, it was mostly, and like I said, Vic was uh, an improv you know, performer. Dara Blaney did a lot of print stuff, right? Didn't he write for Spy Magazine? at one point, I think in New York. And he had a band there and uh, called Ook Till You Puke, which was like a punk ukulele band. And uh, John and Glenn, I like John and Glenn specials too. Oh, John and Glenn, yeah. 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 Well, they came from, they were like uh, film school guys, really. And, in, and Vic brought them in because he had worked on some of their comedy shorts. And, uh, yeah, we had some, we had what? A lot of good people, too, freelancers and stuff coming in for, for the scripts and things like that. So we got lucky that way. And then uh, just in case anyone anyone has the money out there, if you guys who have this podcast, get fabulously rich and, and want to fund it, this is the uh, layout for the screenplay of the big, long uh, Beaver feature thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. What is that? Was that? That wasn't the rock opera, though, was it? No, no, that that rock opera. Mitch, you wrote that rock opera, right? Yeah, you, you Mitch wrote, wrote a lot of great stories. Also, Mitch wrote a lot yeah. of them. Yeah. No, we didn't do a we didn't do a rock opera. We uh, we did a scratch track work um, because we did versions of Jethro Tull and the one that that yeah the one that I that I really regret that we never got to was Rats the musical. That was probably one of my favorite episodes we ever. I still have the CD. I would love that. <laughs> Send that to me. Yeah, well, I, just you know, email me uh, where yeah. you do. So the the premise of it just was say your full address on on yes online. Right <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> later. The, uh, the premise of that one was that Daggett goes to a, a musical and he comes home from the musical and he's obsessed with this musical and Norbert doesn't want to hear about it but Dag proceeds to act out every single part and sing every single song from the from the from the musical. Uh, it was it was called uh, Rat and um, it was like Rent only Rat and the point was was that it was about <laughs> it was about. Um, the, the little flea that hitches a ride on a rat that they make friends and they end up spreading the bubonic plague. It, it was just 
I love the, the, the that, but I love the music and that, and that was a great one. That was yours, Keith, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But the, and by way of talking about the music, I mean, Charlie Brissett brought so much to the show. Oh, man. Mm. Don't, don't oh, talk man. to me about Charlie Brissett. He's making more money on that show than we are. Maybe. <laughs> Is he responsible for the for all the music of the show entirely? Well, he was the he was our um, composer, and uh, he and I would get together <clears throat> just every week and talk about the shows. Uh, and I was just very much into retro style music at the time. Like the main title sounds like Herb Albert and Dylan McGrath. Uh, but as we would talk about the show, I'd say, you know, this should sound like Burke Gamper. This should say like sound like Karen Mancini. And he would go out and buy these CDs. And he goes, Mitch, ever since I've worked with you on this show, I've bought 250 CDs <laughs> of uh, music samples, like Andy Williams and everything else. And he would do a riff on those songs for the for the show, and he did a beautiful job. Well, what, what was that episode that you wrote the, with the River Rat Pirates that we riffed on the uh, the, the Rat Pack? Oh, the Pack oh. Rat? Yeah, Toby Hutz. Toby Huss came in and did Sinatra, and who's yeah. the guy who did uh, who did Dean Martin? Yeah, I remember. Great. They were. I, I've never seen that one. I don't know why. I keep hearing about that one. I kept saying that Abdullah Abdullah. And Sammy Davis. Who did Sammy Davis for? Oh God, I don't remember. I don't remember any. Huh? If only there was a, some sort of a machine that we could use to answer these questions. Yeah, we'll never know. Never know. <laughs> never know. It's a mystery. So we we um, read a lot that there was like a lot of tension between obviously the network and and the creative team. Just mostly the the standards and practices division of they kept telling you guys could do something or they would hedge some of the some of the writing, um, and you know we've all heard of the. We, we already talked about the, the shut up incident, and then there's the whole um, bye bye beavers, you know, uh, uh, incident that was the yeah, last episode. What are you talking not, about? What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, <laughs> how did that? How did that like affect the way you guys would you know make the show? Would that like ever looming, kind of, I don't want to say threat, but just you know. Anything I write could just be thrown out at any point because someone decides today that this is offensive. I, I think, you know, I think in general that's a really common dynamic when you're doing comedy is that you push and you put stuff out there. And it's kind of like, you, I won't say consciously, I won't say unconsciously, but you're trying to get their goat. You're trying to put, you're trying to put stuff out there that, like, just pushes things just a little bit too far, and part of the fun is is just getting them to react. And sometimes you just put things in that you know are just there deliberately to get a note back, <laughs> so that you kind of go, "We can't say that." What do you mean? And you know, to put on those, it's a bit of a game that goes on. Mm-hmm. I think I don't know. That's my been my experience where you know. I think that I think that in the booth we became rebellious. You know, like rebellious teenagers, which is, if you listen to this so-called bye-bye beavers, um, a lot of the things that, that that Nick and I were talking about 
were our rebellion because we we improvised a whole lot of that about like residuals and shows in perpetuity and all that stuff. But but I think the more they push against us, the more we, like Keith says we want to rebel, and I, and that is fun. It does become fun. Were we shooting ourselves in the foot? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, at that point, it didn't matter. Yeah. 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 Visually, I know that they had one uh, in front of the pods for uh, Norbert's having nightmares and uh, chasing Daggett around the house. They watch horror movies, and, and Norbert has nightmares. And Norbert was chasing Daggett around the house with this hatchet. So uh, broadcast standards came in, like, you know, that, that hatchet looks too real. Could you make it a lot larger so it's a cartoon? <laughs> it's like, yeah. I'll make the biggest <laughs> And it actually became more dangerous. <laughs> but we actually killed people in the show. I mean, in the football game, uh, the Zamboni ran over all the people in the stadium or a golf cart or something. I mean, it was just wiping out rows of people. Thing was said. Isn't a blimp, wasn't a blimp supposed to crash into them as well? In the football, the football stadium one, yeah. 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 yeah, and go Beavers. And go Beavers. Right, right. What about the butt crack incident in El Grapadura, where it was originally drawn in with butt cracks, and then the network came back and said, get rid of the butt cracks. So me, Arnie, and Lewis spent like two weeks just erasing butt cracks. <laughs> <laughs> the whole fucking work. <laughs> <laughs> Was El Grapadura the one we did in Spanish, the whole thing, or was that La, La, Luchadores was the one we did in Spanish? Well, Los, uh, Los Luchadores, well, El Grapadura was the character, right? The, the stapler in the in the Mexican wrestler move. Yeah, yeah that's right. It was in yeah. black and white, right? That was all black and white? Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, they were Luchadores. Yeah, I love that uh, that episode because we spoke Spanish in the whole thing, which was great. Which was was it real, were they real Spanish you guys spoke? Real Spanish. Oh, yeah. wow. Someone that was... Porque yo hablo español así así, pero yo entiendo muy bien porque mi mamá está cubana y mexicana, pero... So I knew uh, how to speak some Spanish with my mom, uh, who's since passed away. Since that episode, she passed away because of that episode. Um, uh, <laughs> she was pretty proud that, that I actually got to use some of my Spanish. But we had someone who was, uh, they brought, we brought in someone who spoke Spanish to make sure that we were pronouncing the words and everything. Oh, okay. uh, Norbert didn't pronounce the words correctly, but that was part of the, that was part of the, the humor of that episode, that he, that he didn't really speak very well. That was that was that was a John and Glenn story, right? Yep. Yeah. Because yeah. they did a lot of research on it. I remember that they had a friend of theirs that they w- were going to, and they wanted it to be the stapler, but I we went through several different, what, how do you say stapler? In stapler? <laughs> 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 and it can be, you know, but there were other words that came up, and we, before they finally settled on a couple of people saying, no, it's, it's El Grapadura. But... Mm. You know, and I said, yes, that's it, because, like, I do. But um, it was, uh, it, that was an interesting episode. Who wrote this episode where we had the, uh, 
the real beaver visit. <laughs> Wait, what? Over the house. <laughs> I, think that was John, I think that was Johnny Glenn as well. Because because uh, because uh, Richard got to got to keep looking at him going like freak. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> there there are these very designy beavers and then there's oh. one coming through. Oh, look at that freak! <laughs> I just love that the beaver was so giant and it was gnawing on our dam. <laughs> gnawing on our dam. And, and for that realistic beaver, thank you guys very much because I was sent to go find a beaver at that taxidermy shop <laughs> under the freeway by us uh, by Nickelodeon. So I was in there. They have all these giant things, and apparently this I think this they said this was the beaver from um, uh, the Naked Gun movies. Like, hey, yeah. nice beaver, you know. <laughs> so for for the for a week and a half, I had that beaver sitting in my office, and then we had to go outside and take photos of it in different positions, yeah. different positions, <laughs> so that they could animate it. Just. <laughs> Yeah, it was so stilted, too. It was just like... Uh, yeah, I love that. You know, um, what Keith said about um, about the freak, it, those are my favorite Daggett moments because people always ask me, like, like if I had to describe Daggett in a nutshell, you know, Mitch was right. Like, what, one of the other things that Daggett would do that is just something I started to adapt is if we had a guest star on, I would start doing their voice. Remember, Mitch? Like, when the big bunny was on, what you do it for, bunny? Like, <laughs> Daggett would be talking like them. And my favorite moment in the whole show, I mean, I love the Muscular Beaver episodes that are my favorite, but I particularly liked when the big bunny came on. And Big Bunny was like, you know, the story was he kept like sending threatening letters so that we would need a bodyguard. It was called it was called my bunnyguard. And um, so Norbert at the end says, "You didn't have to do all that. We would have been your friend." And the bunny says, "Ah, uh, you're just saying that so I don't feel bad." And Jagged just goes, "Yeah, so that is Jagged in a nutshell." So Jagged has no. <laughs> there was nothing sensitive about Daggett at all, which is what I loved about that character. It's like, yeah, so. It was kind of Tourette's. He was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you just say whatever popped into it. Remember when Jonathan Harris came on? Oh, my God. I did Jonathan Harris, too, Jonathan Harris. Brilliant, dear boy. Genius. Will Robinson teach this useless bucket of bolts to give a decent reach allow? What was and what was that whole thing about? He would they had re released or they had done the remake of Lost in Space and they wanted him to be part yeah. of the promo. Uh, yeah, the story was he goes and then the, I know the story. You're telling this that John says, you know, they asked me to do that Lost in Space movie with that delightfully attractive Matt LeBlanc, and I said. But you didn't ask me to be in the movie, but you asked me to show up to the premiere. And I said, of course I'll show up to the premiere. For $50,000. You were still Robinson, the boy chose to pleasure me. <laughs> but you know that we had all those guest stars come in, and they, they, they could be serious actors comedians, 
and we'd always set up, because Richard and Nick would be in their the booth already, we'd set up that when you go in here and work with these guys, they're going to ad lift. If you flub a line, keep going. Do not correct yourself. And a lot of times those floods up in the show where you would break up at something that was being said. But we just leave the laughter in there. And it just yeah. made it seem more uh, real. And we got lucky with um, Donna Grillo. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. She Because it wasn't just bringing in the celebs, but she, when we had to cast somebody, uh, didn't she bring Ed Winter in for us? Yes. People like that, that she would find these voice actors that, like, perfectly nailed, uh, or Tree Flower, come on. I mean, uh, that was just, like, she would find these people that had these great voices. And Cynthia Mann, yeah. Cynthia Mann, and it was, she, it was kind of... Hardly me? She, well, she was kind of like the same thing that Charlie Brissett would do, that she would sit down with Mitch and talk about the show, and Mitch would kind of, oh, I was seeing this, 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 and that, and then somehow she'd pull a rabbit out of her hat. Yeah, she was good. Every single time for, yeah. You know, uh, Mitch would always kind of send me into the booth to, to loosen people up to see if they were going to play. <laughs> and I remember Michael York came on. And I was like, I would, I would often say I'm a little nervous that they're not going to play. Like, I, was, I don't know if they're going to play. So I would go in and I, the first thing I said to Michael York was, Michael York, Michael York. Any relation to Dick York of Bewitched fame? And he looked at me and he said, no, but I understand Dick Salton is a distant cousin. And I went, okay, he's going to play. He's going to play. <laughs> and then others that I thought were going to play more didn't. As much as I loved Eric Idle, and I was such a fan of Python, a lot of them just wanted to get in, get out, do their job, and move on, you know? Um, and some of them, but the ones that were fun, like Sheena Easton. Oh, I want that. You did a great thing with Sheena Easton. She came into the she came in. She was a great sport. She was a lot of fun. Uh, there's two parts to this. One is she walked in and she said, "Richard, this is Sheena Easton." <laughs> and you look at her and you pick up the phone, and it's like you're dialing the phone. There's somebody here that thinks she's Sheena Easton. It, 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 <laughs> she doesn't look like Sheena Easton. Uh, and he did the whole routine like he didn't know who she was, which actually broke the eyes. Because then she realized she was among people she could play with. The other part that was, they were recording in the booth, and she was sitting next to me on the couch, and she was wearing sandals. And she looked down, and she goes, I forgot to shave my big toe this morning. What do you say? You know? You can't, you can't That's the one. Yeah, I mean, okay. I remember saying to her, she said to me, you know, my kids didn't know that I was a big pop star in the 80s. And I said, really? So when they wake up in the mansion in the morning, they have no idea. <laughs> this podcast is produced by Fran Zapata and Undercover Pod Network. Our hosts are Kyle Frazier and Steve Singh. Audio editing by Kyle Frazier. Research by Kyle Frazier, Steve Singh, and Fran Zapata. Story editing by Kyle Frazier, Pete Singh, and Fran Zapata. Make sure you subscribe if you like what we have going on and stay updated on new releases. We release a new episode every other Friday. You can find our podcast on most major platforms. Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Audible, and if you're feeling tipsy and want to help us get some nice, ice-cold chocolate milk, 
Just some love at patreon.com slash thatcartoonpodcast. Also, we'll be sending special gadgets to our patrons. Some shout-outs to exclusive stickers, swag, and even some Patreon-exclusive content. See you on the next episode of That Cartoon Podcast.